You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Today's episode is an on-air coaching call. This means I take a fellow yoga teacher through a mini strategy session that they have graciously allowed me to release as a podcast episode. These on-air coaching calls are a fascinating peek into the brains and the lives of other yoga teachers. I receive a lot of feedback that they help listeners feel less alone and more connected to their fellow teachers. I personally have a tremendous amount of gratitude and admiration for each yoga teacher who shows up on these on-air coaching call episodes to share their story, their challenges, and their aspirations. If you enjoy this podcast and want to contribute, please go to teachingyoga.net slash learn to browse the online courses you can purchase there. If you'd like to be featured in an on-air coaching call, email your topic idea to mado at teachingyoga.net. That's M-A-D-O at teachingyoga.net. I'm really glad you reached out to me, Elise. Oh, me too. Thank you. Yeah. So you filled out a intake form and I've read through it, but if you could summarize the background that you think is important for me to know about what are the most important things that led you to right now? Let's see. The most important things that have led me to now, and now we are at the end of 2022. So I'm looking at this as post-pandemic. One is that I've been teaching for a long time. I was teaching before the pandemic in a certain capacity, and now I'm teaching in a different way now. I have always been an entrepreneur because I have an art background, a BFA and an MFA. So I was always writing grants and getting uh, commissions and doing work and presenting work and being out in that way. Being a yoga teacher was never an entrepreneurial thing for me. I was an artist and yoga was like the thing I did on the side. And now it's flipped. Now I'm a yoga entrepreneur and I have a business. The other thing that happened in there is I had a child who's now turning 15 and I'm divorced. So I'm a single mom entrepreneur. Why I reached out to you was about growth, right? There was like an immediate growth in 2020. I just had to shift automatically. I live in Brooklyn, New York. And the week before we had our shutdown, I was like twin, you know, like something in the back of my mind. I was like, I've heard of this thing called Zoom. I think I have to try it out. So I called up some friends, not yoga people, just friends. And I said, hey, do you mind trying this Zoom thing out? I just want to see if you can see me. Can you hear me? You know? And then I was, they were like, we see you. We hear you. How about like color coordinate your outfit, you know, make it simple, stuff like that. And then I just went right on Zoom with my group because I had an email list already. So what I did then was, oh, let's do, you know what, we're going to do this three weeks in a row. So it was never one drop-in class. It was always, we thought it'd just be three weeks, and then we'd back, be back in person. So I was like, we're going to do this for the next three weeks. Here's the price. At the time, it was 60 bucks for the three weeks. 
You can pay me in this way. And I hope to see you there. We would do three weeks and three weeks. And suddenly I was like, guys, could we do a little longer? Can we stretch it to a month? How about four weeks, right? And then people were like, can I pay you for like three months? So then we brought it out into a three-month package. So I was never doing one on just one drop-ins. So that's where I'm at. But I'm at a point now where this is not sustainable for me. I was super happy that first year, 2020, to see that I surpassed my income that I had made teaching 10 yoga classes a week at the YMCA where I live, right? I was like, wow, I'm doing this on my own, working well, teaching less. We know running a business, which it wasn't quite a business at the time, so much work behind the scenes, but I was teaching less classes and making more income. Now I've sustained that each each year it's been the same, maybe a slight increase. But when I have now become a businesswoman, right, through, for example, your program Flight School and a lot of other webinars I've taken about being a business owner, I'm looking to, if I want to continue, now I have been teaching, I'm 52, I started teaching, I was 30 right? So I'm teaching over 20 years. I have a lot of expertise. I do a lot of trainings. I'm always delivering more tools for my students, for my clients. I'm helping them sustain their wellness and improve their wellness. But my business is not necessarily sustaining my lifestyle. And I'm not extravagant. I've been making about 30000 33000 a year teaching Sometimes four classes a week, sometimes two, and I have like a private client or two. So it's not like when I say lifestyle that I have this extravagant lifestyle. That's why I reached out to you. So it sounds like you've hit a bit of a ceiling, like you've hit a block place of like, all right, I created something out of necessity Mm -hmm. in 2020. Mm -hmm. And at that time, you didn't have a longer-term vision for where that was headed. You just were in action, in motion, which is amazing, right? Mm-hmm. There's lots of yoga teachers who just quit mm. or who tried for a few weeks and gave up, and it they never made, you know, more than 30000 a year teaching. Mm-hmm. So, importantly, what you did was impressive, and... Certainly, there's capacity for you to grow from here, if that's your choice, if that's what you want to do. But I think it's important not to only look to the future with like, oh, more, 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 need more, but also Mm -hmm. to acknowledge like what you have done is really awesome. I am awesome. Thank you. Yeah. It is awesome. It was not easy. It was not easy. I was, you know, I'm a single mom. We were in lockdowns, running a business, living in a small apartment in Brooklyn. So we don't have outdoor space. We'd go on the roof a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. And I am impressed with myself. That shows a lot of resiliency. And at the same time, I was also able to be kind to my students. That is a big deal. Okay. There was a lot going on. And I was able to show up with consistency for my students, keep things simple. Yes, 
Yes, that was great. And I agree. I just jumped in with two feet. I, again, was like, it's only going to be for three weeks. Here we are at three years. And now I would like to think about how can I sustain this, right? It was what I wanted. Like now I'm living what I wanted. At the time, I was like, I want online yoga to continue. And I had to sit back recently within this year, maybe when I did the um, year in review with you, planning for next year. And I was like, okay, oddly enough, I'm living my dream. I have an online yoga business. That was my dream in 2020. But I would like to love my dream, right? Yes, I would like my dream to love me back. So first of all, I think it's important to give yourself permission to change. Your dream can change and your goals can change and and what's good enough can change. So that's, I think, where we are. Mm. You have achieved something, but it's not human nature to achieve something and then sit back and be like, cool, I achieved. And now from now on, it's just like (laughs) coasting off into the sunset, right? That's movies. But reality is that whenever we achieve something, we're going to be looking around for what's next. Mm. So I do think it's good to normalize that and to recognize that getting here is really cool. And just because you still want more, that's not anything wrong with what you did before. (laughs) It's just how humans operate. And it's a cool thing, I think, that we are always looking for refinement. I think there's a balance, and this is sort of like from a neuro neuroscience perspective. It's kind of makes me think of the balance between dopamine and serotonin. Okay, like the dopamine is the part of you that's always wanting more. And the serotonin is the part that's able to like be in the present moment and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And we need both. I remember when I was a young, impoverished, single mom yoga teacher how in a lot of ways contented I was, right? Because you don't need the stuff Mm -hmm. to be contented. So to me, a really balanced and healthy approach to building a business is one that is able to appreciate what you have, appreciate this moment, while also acknowledging what more you want and taking steps in that direction. Because that's what fulfills us, is growing and building towards something and setting goals and achieving those goals. That is what brings us satisfaction as humans. But it doesn't bring us satisfaction the way we think it's going to. (laughs) It's like, it's the work, it's the striving But we don't get there. So whatever goal you set next, if you get there, which I think it's highly likely that you will, you won't get to a place where you're like, oh, now I've made it. Now this is sustaining me perfectly. No, there's always going to be some part that's out of balance. There's always going to be, you're going to be like, well, but how can I work less? Maybe, Maybe you do get to a point where the income is like, you're happy with the income, but then you're like, but I'm overworking. How can I streamline? How can I roll back? Or who knows, right? Everybody's different. There's there's a lot of moving parts. But if you think about um, internal family systems, are you mm-hmm. familiar with internal family systems? I am, yeah. Yeah, so like there's the part of you 
that's like ambitious. And there's the part of you that is content. And I think integrating these parts, that is what makes us really powerful, frankly. Yeah. This is, this is resonating. This is settling in me for sure. And I think a lot of like the anxiety, the stress, the worry comes from not being at peace with the different parts not being the same, which of course they're not. Mm -hmm. And so when we can recognize and acknowledge which part is active in a given moment and just make space for it and acknowledge and appreciate it, I think then we can also consciously turn towards some of the other parts of ourselves that balance that part out. So my, my contented part is that I have a yoga business that is helpful to other people. I'm very content with that. I'm content that I have really great relationships with my students. Really great. I've been able to do this. Yeah, I'm really just content that I can be helpful and that I still like learning. I'm learning in my business. I'm learning as a yoga teacher. I just did a training this year of Ayurveda yoga specialist. I'm very content with that, just learning. I love learning. The striving part is, one, how do I, how do I continue to build something that helps my students and it helps me, right? Because we're in relationship. That's what has become so obvious to me. My students and I are in a relationship and I really appreciate them. I make sure that they know that. I do little fun events for them throughout the year, give them little gifts and stuff. But yeah, how do we keep this relationship going so that we're all satisfied? So I was, just to give an example, right? I'm thinking like, you know, I'm actually really happy with the three-month series. I like those. And I think that's a doable amount of time for people. It's not too much. It's not too much of a commitment on any level. But I would, you know, for more results for them. And I guess maybe partly this is also a phrase, right? Better results. I want my students to know that I'm giving them results. Um, and I want them to be living a life that where they're using their main, they're using the tools that we are working on so that they're sustaining their health. But how do I create? I do like the three months to be quite honest, they're all doing three months, one after the other. They're actually all with me all year. They're already in a year-long thing without it being called a year-long thing, an annual. And I, I am not using the word membership because I just don't think of it in that way. But I'm kind of feeling like, okay, it really comes down to this, Mado. I have to raise my prices. And I'm finding an excuse for why I have to raise my prices. And so I'm thinking I have to build this program, but really I just have to raise my prices. It's been two years that I've had the same price point. So I'm kind of also just asking for permission. I like how you said I can give myself permission to grow, right? I really need to hear you say I have permission to raise my prices. And even if I dare you to say, I don't even have to change anything. Like we could start there. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation in the past <laughs> month. Yeah. 
Yeah. I actually already had it today with somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So for sure, if you need somebody else to tell you, you have permission to raise your prices without changing anything, 100% you do. Everybody is raising their prices right now. The cost of living has gone up. See, I know this. I go to the store and I'm like, hmm, okay, here you go. I don't need help carrying my bags. They're actually kind of light, but here's the here's my debit card, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I recommend for you, for any yoga teacher listening who is unsure about how to raise your rates, raise them often and just a small amount. If you raise mm-hmm. them often a small amount, that has the same effect as raising them infrequently a large amount but psychologically, it's very different for your students. Yes. So this is where I get tripped up. So raise them often at a small amount. Okay. So I am a person, I actually need to have instructions. When you say often, what are you talking about? Well, since you haven't raised them in three years, I would raise them each three-month block in Mm. 2023, just to kind of get you up to where you want to be. Figure out where you want to be and then divide that into four and then raise them that amount each of the blocks. Okay. I do have a drop-in rate on my website. Can I, and I did raise that rate in the fall. And I live in New York. The rate here is 25 bucks for a drop-in. I raised it from 20 right up to 25 and I gave everyone, oh my God, more than enough. I emailed them. I, when I, whenever I saw them in person at an outdoor class, I told them, right? They all knew in advance that the rates were going up to that, a big jump of $5. Now, to me, that kind of seems like a big jump, five bucks, right? Are you in agreement? Yeah, because it's not about, it's not about the dollar amount. It's about the percentage, but. You know, 20 to 25, that's a 25% jump. That's a large jump. But pricing is emotional more than anything else. This is not a science. There's not a perfect price. You cannot get this right, okay? Your price is going to be right for some people. It's going to be wrong for other people and in both directions. So the first step is to just let go of the idea that you could do this wrong and mess up your whole business. No, that's not how it works. If you, let's say, for example, you get a bunch of drop-offs, well, that was really good information for you, right? You learned Mm. something. And that's really what you're looking for with growing a business. You're looking to learn. Yes. And if you make a mistake, you learn more. I like that. I work primarily with people who were socialized as women and girls, right? People who grew up with that identity. And I was just recently came across something on social media about how the current epidemic of anxiety among women and girls is related to them not being willing to take risks because they've been socialized that they have to get all the answers right the first time. And that confidence actually comes from being willing to make mistakes. So if you mess up your pricing and you overshoot, you learn. 
that's not the end of the world. No, by no means is it the end of the world. That is fantastic information. And then you can adjust. And you can shift your behavior and your approach based on what you learned. And when you approach growing a business from this place of the same place where you're like, I love learning. What if you could bring that approach to growing your business? I love learning. And every step I take, I'm going to learn. There are a few things that you said earlier or in the intake that kind of highlighted for me places where there may be some internal discord between your parts. I think you said this in, in your intake, trusting that growth is possible. Another is decisions about growth are difficult to make alone. All of these things are pointing towards this idea that making decisions is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And that there's, well, for example, when you say trusting that growth is possible, I think you would agree with me if I threw it out there that it's inevitable. So it's not that it's not possible. Like even business growth, it's inevitable if you take a growth mindset, right? If you try to stay safe and you avoid making decisions because it's not safe to make decisions, well, yeah, you can stagnate. But it's like the exception. It's like you have to work hard to stagnate. (laughs) It's not what happens if you engage with it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm hearing everything you're saying. I mean, this is really resonating with me, Mado, because if we look back, I do feel like I'm stagnating a bit. If we look back at how quickly I was like, yep, let's do the Zoom. And guess what? Here's the pricing and let's keep it rolling. Oh, you guys want to pay me more? Like, sure, let's do it. You know, I was growing, I was rolling. Somewhere I was like, oh my God, it might be coming from inside. It might be coming from outside. We hear these words, inflation. We hear recession. We hear all kinds of things. Growth is inevitable. In my business, I do love to learn because I'm taking tons of webinars, but then it's like putting it into action, right? There's the that daredevil part, like learning, 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 being a reservoir of information, right? But then moving it into like being a channel, move into a river, like let it go. This is going to be my goal for 2023. I think it's going to be river. I was thinking it would be growth and expansion. It's got to be river. I need to be a currency. I love that. It's so much more dynamic. Growth, that's overdone. Everybody's doing growth. Yep. River. This is meaningful. (laughs) This has depth. Yes. I'm excited about this. And I do think, yes, I'm like, oh my God, what if I make a mistake? Then can I backtrack? Let me just ask you this, Mado. Let's say, okay, increase my rates in January. I'm going to just ask you to hold my hand through this. So two bucks, that's 10%. Two more bucks, now we're up at 20%. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm asking for a formula. I realize that. I'm asking for the perfect formula, but I kind of want to just say, what if I raise it and then nobody comes? Okay, this is catastrophizing. I know that, if that's the word. Am I able to then say, whoops, guys, whoops, that was a typo. Here's the price. You know, like, are you able to backtrack as a business owner and just be vulnerable 
What do you think? What would you say if somebody else asked you this? I would say, I hope so. I sure hope so. Right? I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want to be perfect statue. That's stagnation for me. Elise, I would say it's your decision. That's the whole point of being a business owner. You don't need permission from somebody else. You know, it's crazy, right? Everyone's like, oh, I'm the boss. I'm the boss. I'm the girl boss. I'm the boss babe, whatever we are, right? And then here I am. Yeah, I'm my boss. And I'm like being a mean boss, I guess, to myself. Yeah. River boss. I'm the river boss. If you see me wearing t-shirts that say river boss, just ask me what it is. (laughs) I'll just give you a high five. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's, you're basically saying growth is inevitable. Okay. But also that growth is up to me. And this is circling back to the study that you read about, you know, people socialized as girls and then women. Yeah. Learning things is great, especially when you have a joy of learning, but that's not what leads to growth. What makes growth inevitable is doing. Yes. Right. So in this framework that, okay, we're in going into 2023 and we've all lived through 2022 with higher prices and just being mindful of that with my students, with my clients, right? Raising it up just a 10% in the first three months. Just going to raise it up incrementally this year. It's still up to you, right? I offered that as one possibility. I didn't offer that as like, this is what you should do, Elise. Here is one possible solution, one possible approach. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't make it the right approach because you're still the river boss. I'm the river boss, right? Before all of this, you asked, what is it that I want to be? I think you said, what is the revenue, right? What is the price I want to be? What's the ticket price? What I would recommend doing is thinking about what would feel fair to me right now without making decisions about what that means. First, figure out what feels fair, and then you Mm. can figure out how to get there. Yeah. All right. I wrote that down. I think you can tell I'm like a good girl. I am a good girl. I like to do it by the formula to the best of my ability, but... You know, I forget that at heart, I'm an artist. When I put on this business hat, I totally get kind of stiff and tight, even as a yoga teacher, right? And being an artist, it's just like so much, you know, there's color, there's light, there's form, there's shape, there's relationships between things, there's space. Not so different from yoga, but yeah, maybe when that's a way to, I've got to get the word artist in that river boss. When you notice yourself getting uptight like this, ask yourself, what would artist Elise do here? Mm, Right. How can I bring my artist self into this situation? Okay. All right. Because ultimately, you know, when people come to my classes, I feel like one reason they come is because it's fun, right? We're just trying some things. That's all we're doing. They might be balancing right? We might be hanging out in the hips. We're just trying stuff. Oh, if I can be that kind to myself, yes. 
that's another thing that I think would be awesome to make some artwork out of this, Elise. Okay. So far we have River Boss. We have We're Just Trying Stuff. Mm-hmm. And we have What Would Artist Elise Do Here? And just make some art out of each of these and put them places. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I would even find some way to ritualize spending time with those pieces of art as a meditation. Mm-hmm. I like that. I really like that. This has been so helpful. I think I need to back off of all the like business webinars because there's a certain language, a certain drive, a certain like end result thing that I'm just really pumped up towards right now. Right. By the way, just want to mention for any people, you might be there. I'm definitely in menopause. So I feel like my testosterone is like higher than the estrogen. Obviously, that's what happens. And I think that's an element here. Oh, you know, when I just said, like, I'm pumped up for like the end result, I'm like, that's menopause. That's my menopause testosterone talking. But, you know, that it doesn't matter if it's testosterone, if it's menopause, but going back to like looking outside of myself for the answers, right? That's why I'm like taking these business webinars, looking out because I don't have a business degree, right? And two art degrees and life degree and lots of yoga certification. But yeah, looking outside, you know, wherever your attention goes, where your energy goes is where your attention goes, right? All this energy is going towards these end results, end results, this type of language. Yeah. So that's where my, that's where all that focus is. But so I love this, like little making some creative work around River Boss. We're just trying stuff. And what would artist Elise do here? And actually, you know, when people are like, I'm just throwing spaghetti at the wall, part of me needs to do that. Throw spaghetti at the wall, not get locked in. But I like that when my attention and energy can go towards meditating on like River Boss or Artist Elise, right? That's what's going to, that's what's going to grow. Yeah. You know, I think this analogy about spaghetti, Mm. that is referring to somebody who is not educated. Okay. Mm. You're you're throwing spaghetti at a wall. You have no idea what you're doing. You have no idea what the options are. And you're just trying random things. Okay. This is very different than we're just trying things in a systematic, careful, thoughtful way. Does that make sense? It does. Thank you for that clarification. And I I do have plenty of these careful systems that I'm trying out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious. So you said you've been doing a lot of learning about business. Are you at the place where people are blowing your mind? Or are you at the place where you're like, yeah, that's familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I know most of that. Okay. That's a good little nugget. I'm at the second. Uh huh. I've heard this. Yep. That makes sense. I'm actually ready for this now. So, Those are very different places to be at. That first place is the place to get some teachers and follow exactly what they say for a bit and notice what happens with that, okay? The second place is the place to start integrating 
what you learn from different people and putting it together in your own artistic way. Mm -hmm. And so I think the disconnect comes because of the way that they're teaching. Everybody is kind of treating you like you're in the first category and they're pumping you up and they're basically saying, follow my system and here's the results you're going to get. And that's just not appropriate for when you're in that second place. And you have to filter what they're saying through that awareness. I am not a beginner. I'm going to pick and choose what makes sense for me, what's interesting to me about what you're teaching. But I'm going to take this results that you're promising with a grain of salt. Yes. And then I think you can get to a place where you know that growth is inevitable. You know, I'm feeling it right now, actually. I know it's inevitable. This talk with you, I'm like, yeah, of course it is. Right? It's like change. I mean, growth and change could be two sides of the same coin. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just want to say very upfront that I agree that decisions about your business can be very difficult to make alone. Like I run into that myself frequently. And what I try to do is notice that that's happening. Like, ah, there you are mm, struggling with the decision, wanting to make the right one. Yeah. <laughs> and then I say, okay, take, take a little break from this recognize that you cannot do this wrong because this is your path. This is your way of growing. You can't do it wrong. Take a little space if you feel like really resistant and then come back to it and just choose something. Even if it's hard, just choose something and keep moving. I experience difficult emotions. I experience stuckness. All of these things, they're a part of my daily life. They're a part of the lives of anybody who chooses to be an entrepreneur, right? Anybody who chooses to own their own business is going to come up against these things. And when you combine entrepreneurship with yoga, that's just amplified. Actually, I think it's amplified when you combine entrepreneurship with anything that you feel deeply connected to and that you identify with as a person. But it it doesn't mean that something's going wrong when that happens. That helps me a lot to notice it happening and to name it as not being wrong. Not being yeah. a sign of anything other than this is part of the path. This is part of the experience I've chosen. Mm -hmm. I like your strategy too, right? I cannot do this wrong. I cannot do this wrong. I love that. I mean, I cannot, yeah, I can't do this wrong. And I guess I can lean into, because, you know, you started this whole conversation asking me, like, what led me to this point now, right? And leaning into that, you talked about appreciation, right? And leaning into that, everything that I've built, the teachers I have had, and my students who keep showing up. I mean, they just, they do. They keep showing up. And I keep showing up for them. Right. And just leaning into all that appreciation, which I do, but that it is there to support me. It's not that I lean into the appreciation to show that I somehow have value in the world. I lean into it because it's support for me. 
Yeah, it's like nourishment. Yeah. I'm getting all kinds of this whole conversation. It's like all these visuals. Like I just feel, you know, a big puffy cloud leaning into it. Yeah. Yeah. This has been helpful. Yep. I cannot do this wrong. I like your suggestions about the, you know, the pricing. You gave me a couple things to think about in terms of that, going to the end and working back or just, you know, incremental. And basically it's, I can't do it wrong. Exactly. And keep coming back. You're in the impact club. Keep coming back to us as a sounding board. That's what we're here for. It is hard for me to be vulnerable. And I, I will do that. I learn so much when I'm in the group coaching in the impact club, because basically somebody says something. I'm like, mm-hmm, me too, me too. Right. Everybody says something. And I'm like, yep, that's me too. Right. So I'm sure that if I said something, someone else would resonate as well. So yeah, I'll try to lean into that a little bit more. Thank you for reminding me about that. And I really appreciate that you showed up today with your story and your vulnerability. And I know that it's going to resonate with many, many people listening. So thank you for that. Thank you so much, Mado. It's been such a pleasure. Yeah. For me too. (laughs) Yay. Is there anything else before we wrap up that feels like a loose thread for you? Mm, no, you know, just knowing that I can't do it wrong really just ties up all those loose threads. I mean, all those loose threads could go into some other tangent about that I'm not doing it right. It's got to be perfect. And thank you for reminding me I'm not a beginner. I'm a beginner in many ways, but I have done a much more business training over these last three years than I've ever done in my whole life. And that I can have some discernment there. The things we talked about today, it's a reflection of patterns in you and things that you need to remember. So that's why I recommended incorporating some conscious creation and then some regular way of interacting and and reminding yourself. But that's also something that the Impact Club can help you with. Mm. because we all need to be reminded of the things that we're working to grow into again and again. When you're in the business world or you're paying attention, you'll see all of these stories about like the pivot moment, the pivotal moment, and then everything was different. But that is a, that's a packaging of the story. Mm. And the true transformation happens slowly, step by step, coming back around. Sometimes I like to use the analogy of a spiral where each time that you circle back, you're not in the exact same place. You've hopefully you've gone up (laughs) a notch, but the patterns don't just miraculously disappear. And it's so useful to have some different ways to Keep the messages and the growth that you are leaning into front and center for you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Elise. Thank you so much, Mado. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I love that we get to stay connected and I get to watch where this goes. Yeah, me too. I'm glad I get to watch where this goes too. Thank you so much. It's been super helpful. 
Awesome. And yeah, very gentle. I want to mention that word. This has been very gentle too. You know, someone who comes in with like a perfectionist mentality, like the gentleness is just so wonderful. So wonderful. It's refreshing because that's not how I approach my stuff, right? So it's refreshing. Thank you. Mm, Thanks for saying that. I appreciate it.